They say it's the squeaky wheel that gets the oil, and that might not be truer anywhere than it is in mixed martial arts. If you want something, you better say it. Nobody's gonna give you that fight you want when you finish your interview with, I'll take whoever the UFC gives me. That dream is now gone. You get nothing. Good day, sir. But that doesn't mean all demands and requests are good ones. In fact, they're sometimes downright ridiculous and even laughable, which is the type of fighter demands we're gonna be looking at today. Get ready for some silly and strange requests. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are the 10 most hilarious demands fighters have ever made. Number 10. Overeem requests a rematch for his opponent. I want you to take your mind back to the heavyweight division in early 2014. Cain Velasquez was champion, Alistair Overeem, after making a huge splash in his promotional debut by demolishing Brock Lesnar in under three minutes, took two years off for a suspension, and then returned only to suffer two shocking KO losses in a row to Bigfoot Silva and Travis Brown. The Demolition Man needed a win badly, and at UFC 169, he got it against former champion Frank Mir, playing it safer than he had in his two previous losses, earning 30-27s across the board for a UD win. Post-fight, Reem explained to Joe that he really needed to get back in the win column and had to show Mir a ton of respect as he was dangerous with the submission at all times. As the interview closed and it looked like Rogan was ready to wrap up, Alistair grabbed the mic and said to the confusion of everyone, I have one more thing to say. I heard this word that Brock Lesnar is about to come back to the UFC. Well, I'll be here waiting for him. Yeah, so a couple things. Lesnar was not coming back. There were rumors a few months earlier that he would be attending UFC 168, but he didn't. And there were no indications at the time that Lesnar, who was just a few months away from ending the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania, was coming back to fighting. And he wouldn't for another two full years. Even if he was, though, the last win you got was destroying Lesnar. Why are you asking for a rematch with him? One of my all-time favorite callouts made no sense. Number nine. Bryce Mitchell's shorts. On the surface, Bryce Mitchell's want for camo shorts doesn't seem like that odd of a request. There are all kinds of designs in combat sports. Fighters outside the UFC have used camo trunks and even in it before the uniforms were, well, uniform. What makes Mitchell's dream of camo shorts so hilarious is the passion with which he campaigned for them. While he remained quiet about camo after his debut win, following his second straight victory at UFC 148, Mitchell used what precious little microphone time he had in part to request the invisible shorts. And Reebok, I told y'all I want some camo shorts! Following his incredible Twister victory at UFC on ESPN7. Huge audience, huge platform, Mike in his face. Y'all know I love Arkansas. And Reebok, y'all gonna have to kill me or make me some camo shorts because I ain't shutting up till then. UFC 249, he was very brief, but of course again brought up those damn shorts. And Reebok, I ain't going nowhere. You're not going anywhere. Camo shorts ready. And if you heard Bryce talk about these mythical trunks during his campaign, you would know this wasn't a joke to him. I was going to walk out to the fight and they was going to check me at the ring and I was just going to go boom, take off my sweatpants and there's going to be camo shorts in there and I was going to run into the cage and there's going to be security guards trying to pull me out of the cage. Then I was going to be fighting the security guards and dudes in the red vest. Those shorts meant something to Thug Nasty and I can respect that. I don't understand, but I certainly give him props for being so passionate about them. Finally, in his bout against Andre Feely, Reebok got their shit together and gave the man the camo he'd been asking for. It wasn't the best looking pattern in my opinion, but hey, in principle, he'd succeeded. And luckily for him, upon his return in 2022, new UFC vendor Venom made sure there was no need for a campaign and hooked up the rising featherweight star with his beloved camo. Number eight, 
Brock demands a cage. There's very few things in life that Brock Lesnar can't get if he wants them just by the virtue of the fact that he's Brock Lesnar. He's a god walking among us mere mortals. And I doubt he's paid for a meal the last 20 years. He just sits down at a restaurant and says food and they bring him things along with a goblet made from the skull of a bear. That said, Brock certainly has the resources to get his own stuff. It's funny how that works. The people who can afford shit always get it for free. See, in the lead up to Lesnar's UFC debut, he revealed recently to Pat McAfee that he asked Dana White to send him an octagon. I, I, I built or had ordered an octagon so I could didn't have the first like jitters of getting in an mm -hmm. octagon. I'm like, Dana, I want an octagon. I'm like, uh, you know, boom, ship an octagon. <laughs> yeah. You know, no big deal. Just a full-size replication of the cage you would be fighting in once he entered the promotion. The type of thing that any fight gym in the entire country would absolutely love to have. I mean, we see a lot of training footage from a lot of major camps and plenty of them are octagonless. But for Brock Lesnar, anything. Dana went ahead and sent him a full-sized cage. He probably even sent technicians to build it for him too. Just shows how much faith White had and the fact that Brock was going to be a future star. But it is funny to think that this millionaire professional wrestling main event attraction didn't think, eh, maybe I should buy my own cage to train it. I'm sure stakes were on Brock, though, next time he and Dana got dinner. Number seven, Jorge Masvidal's Fight Island Needs. There was much ado about the idea of Jorge Masvidal stepping in for Gilbert Burns at UFC 251, just nine days before what was to be the UFC's debut on Fight Island. Dorino tested positive for an obscure and largely unknown virus called, I believe, COVID-19? Given the magnitude of the event, it was vital that the headliner remained intact somehow. And truth be told, if the UFC could get Masvidal on board, it was an upgrade. That was the original plan, after all, as the superstar was coming off his white-hot 2019. But the two parties couldn't come to terms, and so old Gil was given his shot. On such short notice, Gamebred essentially had the UFC by the balls, could have probably requested anything, but when asked by MMA Junkie what was the one thing he would need if he were to agree to fight on the island, Masvidal baffling said to the laughter of the interviewers Nutella and White Rice. They don't have Nutella and White Rice. They keep that fucking island to themselves. Clarifying that this was an actual requirement. The White Rice alchemy that Masvidal claimed aside, it's interesting that Nutella was also brought up. I guess he just really likes it? Or maybe he uses it in combination with the rice to create the various nutrients his body needs. It's safe to say the UFC was able to find two of the most readily available foods on the planet because Jorge would eventually come to terms with the promotion and be seen eating a pizza on the plane ride there that he undoubtedly created with the rice and Nutella alchemy. Number six, Justin Gaethje requests Dr. Ferguson. In case you didn't already know, Justin Gaethje's a bit of a different kind of guy. He's not like you and me. And that was no more evident. Well, truthfully, we can make a list of 10 reasons why Justin Gaethje is fucking nuts, but one of them would probably be about the request from this entry. In the lead up to his interim title fight showdown with Tony Ferguson at UFC 249, Gaethje made a strange and dead serious request of his opponent. Break his nose. Now, normally breaking bones would be a bad thing, but not as Gaethje explained it in several different interviews. Yeah, I hope he breaks my nose. I'm waiting to get it fixed. It hasn't been right for like 12 years. Maybe he'll plant an elbow on there. You know, I might regret asking for that. According to the madman, his nose had been terribly messed up for a very long time, so much so that he can't even smell foods unless he's tasting them in his mouth. He apparently struggled to breathe as well because of the damage. It's just a whole big old mess up there and is going to require surgery to fix. So Gaethje's logic, if Tony breaks my nose during the fight, the UFC will then have to pay to finally fix my nose. It's actually pretty genius, but also fucked up that he was hoping Tony would help him out in the middle of their fight. Now, Justin understood the risks and said he hoped he didn't regret the request, but he figured he was going to get hit with an elbow anyway. Might as well help him out and bust that thing up. While the pair would have a banger, the surgery was unfortunately unsuccessful. Number five, Tank Abbott gets flustered. 
For as much as we've made jokes about Tank Abbott on this channel, he really was one of the first over-the-top stars in mixed martial arts, the kind of personality that would be popular with fans even today and carry him far beyond his skill ceiling, just like it did in the 90s. Abbott made a hell of a debut in the sport in the first round of the UFC 6 tournament, KOing John Matua in less than 20 seconds time. Welcome to the Sugar Show, I fucking love you too, Joe Rogan. It's after our next bout, though, later that evening that we would get the request that lands Mr. Tank on our list. After literally grinding Paul Varlin's face up against the cage before getting a TKO finish, a heavy-breathing Abbott stepped out of the octagon to speak with Jeff Blatnick. When asked to walk them through the finish, Tank had to take a breather and request they stop showing footage because, well... Whew, I'm starting to get sexually aroused. Better get that off. Not sure better get that off was the best choice of words in the moment. Abbott would take his Woody with him to the finals, but come up short to Oleg Taktorov getting subbed after nearly 18 minutes. It didn't matter, though. He was an instant fan favorite, probably unrelated to the sexual arousal line, but all the other stuff he did at UFC 6. Number 4. Nate's Release If there's anything that Nate Diaz does when he's not fighting, smoking, or triathloning, it's asking for his release from the UFC. It's been a pretty common theme now for nearly a decade. In fact, the day I'm writing this, he asked the UFC to let him go so that he could box Jake Paul. Please God, by the time this video has come out, tell me that that's not the reality we live in. But perhaps my favorite Nate Diaz release request came in the aftermath of UFC 229. If you recall, Habib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor's teams had a little bit of a dust-up following their lightweight title bout, which resulted in the suspension of a whole bunch of people. There were talks of having Zubaira Takugov cut from the promotion for hopping in the cage and taking some shots at Conor, something Habib said would result in his leaving the UFC. It was this whole big thing for two seconds, and during that brief window, Nate posted this gem of a tweet to Dana White. Please let Kebab's dumbass friends stay in the UFC. Fire me, it will be better this way. I think it's more fair that way. For some context, this was after his bout with Dustin Poirier had fallen apart, but also not long after he said he planned to fight Habib for the title. What are you talking about, Nate Diaz? How yes. many times you lose in UFC? 11 times. Am I right? Yeah. Am I so? right? Am yeah. I right, Lord? So? once he returned and was ready. So Diaz was a bit all over the place with that request, but it's a damn funny one. Number three, the Cuban Missile Cyrus. When you're an up-and-coming fighter, that post-fight microphone time is so crucial. Oh, you're gonna make yourself look like a proper mushroom now, pad. <laughs> it can really amplify your star power, especially after a great performance. Fucking a whale, I'll fight a whale. They want me to fight a pig, I'll fight a pig. Hell, they want me to fight my own chicken, I'll go down there and fight my own chicken. It's whatever you guys want. Julian Marquez was one such fighter who at UFC 258 had just defeated Maki Pitola with a Hail Mary final minute and a conda choke in a fight he was absolutely going to lose on the cards. It was incredible. It earned him a performance bonus, and when he got to talk with Joe Rogan afterwards, he did two things that surprised everyone. First, he tried to start some Twitter campaign about the loudest UFC fans. We want to know which arena, the UFC arena, is the loudest. I need you to hashtag your city, hashtag your state, hashtag UFC get loud. Let's get it, boys. Julian Marquez angling for a job for the Kansas City Board of Tourism. Which was confusing and hilarious. And then when he finally got a chance to make a call out, he requested that Miley Cyrus be his valentine. So Miley Cyrus, <laughs> will you be my valentine? As the holiday was coming up just that next day. I can't say it was the best use of microphone time I've ever seen, but it certainly was memorable. Even more so because Miley decided to respond to ESPN's posting of the interview segment saying, Shave an MC into your chest hair and I'm yours. Happy V-Day and congrats, my love. You did it. You crazy son of a bitch, you did it. Well, at least conditionally. There was the matter of the chest hair. It's free real estate. 
Just kidding, Marquez fumbled the ball hard by replying, if you get a henna tattoo that says Cuban Missile Crisis above your belly button like Tupac, I'm in. Hashtag thug life smirking face emoji. Julian, no, 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 you... Come on! First of all, no kink shaming, but that's a weird request. So was hers, but like all you needed was a razor. She would have to go to pretty great lengths to get such a tattoo. Also, your nickname is an event that almost ended the world. I just, I don't know how you fumbled this so bad. I'm so sorry for your loss. Number two, Connor versus Diego. When Diego Sanchez mentioned wanting to fight Connor McGregor in his final professional bout while he did press for his Jake Matthews fight at UFC 253, most took his words with very little enthusiasm or expectation that that would ever happen. As beloved as Sanchez is, the fight just didn't make a ton of sense given Connor's star status in the sport, and I mean, this was 2020 we're talking about here. But in response to the interview, McGregor posted Instagram DMs he had with Dana White following Diego's Michelle Pajeda bout, the weird one where he took the crafty veteran DQ victory. In the messages, Connor asked that the Nightmare fight him in Dublin. Yeah, he writes a fight late May in LA. Me and Diego in Dublin, August. Rematch end of the year. Boom. Me and Diego in Dublin is a cracker. Dana's response is amazing. Bro, we should lose our promoter's license if we make that fight. God damn, that is ice cold. Connor's response tries to justify the pick, and then he just moves on to some other stuff. The fight, of course, never materialized, but the fact that Connor requested it is pretty incredible. Makes you wonder what other fights he's come up with over the years that got shut down. The funniest part of this to me, though, is why the fuck are Connor and Dana, two titans of MMA, discussing this shit via Instagram DMs? Like, what? Those are for shout out requests and trading nudes. I never thought fights were getting made there. Incredible. Number one. Vitor Belfort's insane call-out. Okay, it's early 2013. TRT Tour has just demolished Michael Bisping to start his reign of terror at middleweight that would end in the banning of testosterone replacement therapy and a deflated Vitor losing a title challenge to Chris Weidman. We all recall the moment, but do you remember what he said in the post-fight interview after beating Bisping? Because if you don't, it's a pretty wacky request. I can't really do it justice. Here, just take a listen. I don't want to get the bell. Take that punk. Tell Swan I don't even on your name, man. Get out. Let me fight John Jones. I need that rematch. You did a reality show. Go home. Champion against the champion. Not that clown. So Vitor requested a fight with John Jones, a rematch for the light heavyweight title, his previous bout prior to this victory over the count. A fight in which besides that armbar attempt, he was pretty thoroughly trounced. A fight he only got because of the UFC 151 debacle. And he was requesting a rematch after beating Michael Bisbee at middleweight. But it gets even weirder. He of course mentioned Chael Sonnen there, the man who was scheduled to be John's next opponent. Now, he certainly didn't have any business in that fight either, but this was all well established by this time, that the two would coach a season of tough together and then fight. As a matter of fact, the season was set to debut two days after Vitor's fight with Bisping, a season that was already filmed. So Belfort, who called this rematch champion versus champion, which makes absolutely no sense even if you consider the fluke reign he had in 2004, wanted the UFC to replace one of their most popular fighters, Chael Sonnen, after spending who knows how much on a season of tough because he beat Michael Bisping at middleweight. His first win in that division in over a year. An incredibly baffling use of microphone time. Big ol' shout out to my dude Luke Taylor for editing this video together. You can find him and his awesome digital art on Twitter at cool to me underscore. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. 
Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.